0: Welcome to the Odds Checker Betting Show. This is a Royal Ascot preview. It is the preview of Friday, day four. I'm your host, George Ellick, and I'm joined by the the, the two experts, the two tipsters who join me for day one, day two, and day three, Tori Delagi and Andy Holding. Uh, this podcast and video is sponsored by Skybet and we'll be talking through a cracking offer that they've got for the day later on in the show before we get into the racing just going to point you in the direction of the odds checker app for the very best prices place terms bookie offers free bets uh, and the best tips is as well and column up on the app every single morning uh, you can find it there before anywhere else around about nine o'clock so do download the app now so you can follow alongside uh, we've spoken on the other podcasts about both rory and andy's the way they approach Royal alaska and the quirks of the course we've discussed already how the there is a rain forecast so the the better ground we're expecting on, on maybe tuesday or wednesday might subside for some for some stickier stuff some more testing ground on on Thursday and Friday. Uh, So that's all been covered. So, what else can we do but get started and go straight into the Albany? Uh, the two-year-old race over six furlongs for the Phillies. And we've got Flotus is the four-to-one favourite ahead of Hello You. Prettiest uh, both five-to-one. Oscula, eight-to-one. Cachet, eight-to-one. Golden Bell, 10-to-one. Beautiful Sunshine, 12-to-one. Sandrine, 14-to-one. 16-to-one bar. Uh, we are recording this at 2.30 uh, on Monday afternoon. So we are still a fair bit off knowing who will be running where, but Educated guesses all around, I think, here can probably inform us a little bit. So, Andy, it's a two-year-old race. I'll give you the first the first go to make sense of the Albany at this early stage.
1: Yes, yeah, some uh, really nice horses in the making here. Um, they've already proven that they um, are well above average, and, and the time figures have also backed up as well. Float has been um, one of the main protagonists. She, she's been um, steadily supported in the last sort of fortnight after she won at Goodwood she did everything wrong that day I didn't think Sylvester was gathered the greatest of rides but I think he got bailed out by the fact that the horse still had the class to win the numbers are very good um, you definitely put that as an upgradable performance um, yeah likely to be more to come she, she's a big Scopey mare as well Philly as well so one would imagine um, you know she's going to progress through the rest of the season we just we, we just. We don't know. We don't know whether there's going to be more likely to improve. But look, she's got a soft ground win on under her belt in a good time, um, so you, you couldn't argue with her being favourite. The other one, in contrast, who was also visually impressive and on the clock as well, who's been well found, is Hello You. Uh, a lot of good judges have uh, been backing this horse as well in the last um, few weeks. Performance coming on the weather, so we don't know whether she'll handle a slightly softer terrain if it was to get quite uh, testing at um, at the Royal Meeting. But uh, she's a very very exciting horse for the future. Another one as, well, uh, one as well who's just had the one run and also caught my eye in a, in a quite quick time was Hello My Darling, again trained by George Borhe. She's won on fast ground, but she's by Galileo Gold. Uh, anyone who knows Galileo mm-hmm. Gold remembers Galileo Gold. He was very much a soft ground lover and he's already produced a nice two-year-old as well this season um, of uh, Hugo Palmer's Ebro River that won the National States on soft ground. I actually backed him because of his sire stats so if it went soft or softish, it wouldn't deter me from uh, Hala Mardani. but I loved her performance at Google the other day. She got her head down and battled quite well. She, and and I thought she had still a little bit more left under the bonnet, but her time figure as well for a debut performance was also in keeping with those who've already got more sexier profiles. have I been mean, well found in the market flow to three to one, the other one, seven to two, four to one. And yet this filly has been stuck in at 20 to one, big best price. And she's got exactly the same figures that those two horses have done. And yet, because it was a narrow margin win, um, she hasn't quite got the plaudits. Then he turned out to be box to ride, so presume that they're going to roll the dice and run her again the week after. I don't mind that, by the way, horse running within seven days. I think sometimes they get an advantage because they're more fitter than the, the ones that have been in a box for three or four weeks. Those have been my shortlisted three, but at the, again, at the prices, 20 to 1, I'd, I'd go with Hello, My Darling as a, as a juicy each-way alternative to those
0: my darling 20 to 1 as you mentioned related to Galileo Gold who George Bowie knows all about given that he was Hugo Palmer's assistant trainer when Galileo Gold was was doing his thing um, Rory
2: I'd shortlist um, um, similar horses there I thought um, the form of, of um, Flourdes' win at Goodwood hasn't worked out tremendously well obviously she handles off ground there and as as Andy said you know she seemed to do plenty wrong she, she was slowly into stride um, and then Sylvester D'Souza took her wide of the field. That's not, not actually a bad place to be at Goodwood as a rule, you know, more up the center than, than trying to get on the rail over six furlongs there. I don't think that necessarily did her an awful lot of harm, but clearly for a filly who was quite green, it, was, um, it, it sort of exacerbates that by getting them to race on their own. So she was quite impressive in the end. Just a wee bit disappointing that um, those in behind haven't done much for the form since. But, you know, you can't really... Essentially, she was racing against the clock there. Uh, it was quite an impressive performance. She deserves to be reasonably short here. I was very, very impressed with Hello You, though, at Wolverhampton. I know there's a question mark about her ability to handle the ground, but I don't think I don't think that's going to be an issue. Uh, I think that a few trainers are more than happy to start their horses out now on um, on tapeta or on on uh, Polytrack, mm-hmm. um, knowing that they'll handle turf when needed. And Hello You, I thought that was a much better race in terms of its depth and its quality. Um, and largely that's worked out. hasn't hasn't thrown up a huge number of, uh, of winners since, but it has thrown up uh, decent performances from those behind. Sunstrike, who was fourth, won next time out. Uh, White Jasmine, the, the runner up, um, has, has run to a similar level since. Uh, Forge George Bowie, interestingly enough. Janan, who was quite well fancied, was disappointing next time out, but she's quite free, and I think she might just go the wrong way. And a couple of those who were down the field River Pride and, and um, Global Romance. I've taken significant steps forward as well so I thought that was I thought that was the the better form of the two or the the easiest form to credit as being very good uh, floata still clearly has a lot of um, a lot of upside to her as well but I would just favor hello you uh yeah that's pretty much where I where I stand with it uh, interesting to see if they do run beautiful sunshine because that's the same ownership I would have thought that if they're going to run hello you they won't run beautiful sunshine but you know clearly she she won well on on um, on testing ground at, uh, at Sandown, so if they did throw it in there, it would look significant. But my reading of that, looking at it straight away, was that was a Hello you was liable to be the preferred one. Although it may well be that they they decide that Beautiful Sunshine is the is the fairly proven on soft ground, and therefore they might go with her and and not run Hello uh, you So not a race to, to bet Anthony Post in for that reason. Uh, but yeah, as I said, if she does line up Hello I think is uh, is an exciting prospect.
0: Hello you one for the shortlist. Currently five to one. At the prices at the moment. Uh, on then to the King Edwards, where Salamarak, as we mentioned on the Thursday preview, likely to come here and is the five to two favourite. So, Andy, I'll come to you and we can give him a proper talking over again in a second. Uh, Alan Carr is 11 to 4. The Mediterranean 10 to 1. Title 12 to 1. Yabir 12 to 1. Wordsworth 12 to 1. Gear up 12 to 1 as well. Dancing King 14s. 20 to 1 bar. Uh, Andy Salamarak heads the market here 5 to 2. As short as 15 to 8 elsewhere.
1: Again, another race that's uh, is gonna cut up quite significantly as you can see by the runners. Um, half the virtually half the five day decks are all engaged in other races and even jocked up to run and, and down to run in other races. So I think we're gonna go at six or seven runners in this race. Again, if you're doing some try multiples, it's probably not a bad race if you've got an angle in there to stick a few horses in this race. because you'll you'll be on the right side of it with three places anti post. I'm rather hoping that um Sir Lamrock could can justify the hype or my hype. <laughs> said, yeah, but I said I said before i have gone on record the day when he, he won at um, Leperstone he, he was much quicker than Bolshan Bally therefore I thought well if Boulshoal Bally's favourite for the Derby this fella's got to be a player of sorts but Ballydol obviously don't listen to Archer Checker podcasts and uh, <laughs> they decided to bypass um, the Derby and, and I think I, th-
0: I think they do Andy you just didn't make the case that's it I didn't, yeah I wasn't, I wasn't yeah <laughs> firm, firm enough in my convictions
1: but I think he's a serious till. Uh, yeah, the one thing that might blunt him really, is, the, is, the, is the ground. You know, his, his victory um, at Leopardstown was on on a quick surface. They didn't go to Chester. Presumably, they were just a bit worried about the rain there and they've resisted several temptations you know, along the way. So, And he, he looks as though he's got a fast ground action. He has handled soft. He, he ran well on soft ground or heavy ground um, as a two-year-old at, at the core. But I, I do think, if I'm being honest, he's going to be a, a, a good ground horse. So if it went soft, my anti-post bet that I have on him would look a little bit less uh, appetising, be it's an each-way bet. And um, as I said, I think I think he'll be two-to-one favourite on the day with like six or seven runners. So I can't have it always. A danger like now, with a horse I hadn't considered when I put my bet on uh, was Alan Carr. I thought that was going to go abroad. Um, the vibes were that they they were going to, you know, he should have been in the Derby, shouldn't he, really? Because he beat Alan yeah. the Derby winner. Uh, ADR at Sandown so um, again connections that made a right mess of uh, the this year. They, they, didn't, they didn't run Mo with Mo I thought, and they didn't, they didn't they didn't even enter Alan Kerr but yeah he's he's an obvious danger he, he looks us so at Sandown unfortunately my other anti-post bet for this race is non-runner Babe Ridge. I think he would have been a big player but well I've lost him but I've lost him but I've gained Salamorak and I've got a short price now about Salamorak so i I'm still hopeful of, uh, of um, getting a decent run for my money
0: still hopeful with that anti-post ticket can you tell us the price you've got 16. Ooh. Yeah, fair enough. Can't imagine we'll be seeing Salam rat popping up in your column on uh, Friday morning no. for holding a 16th yeah,
2: ticket.
0: A yeah, <laughs> yeah, Rory, how do, you, how do you see this one at the current prices? Pretty much
2: impossible to get away from Alan Kerr um, at the, the current prices. His form has clearly worked out very well. It was a big state. He wasn't hugely fancied at Sandown um, mm. for the classic trial there, but he won and he was very game and winning in a three-way finish. The form took a couple of knocks straight away. Yabir was disappointing at Chester. And something else from, from behind didn't run particularly well in a Classic trial. But it's clearly worked out very well now um, with uh, Adair, um really ranking the form. Uh, and even Yabir managed to um, to do a lot better when he was second in the hat Stakes behind Lone Eagle, who was fourth in that in that contest and he was favourite for the other uh, Classic trial at Sandown. And connections of Belotio, who was fifth, um, are keen to give him another chance here. So you know The fact that, you know, that uh, David Minousier thinks that he might be a, a group three horse or group two horse suggests that, you know, Alain Car is just a blindingly obvious bet here. He's 11 to four. And as Andy says, this could be a five or six runner race. It's hard not to see him going off a reasonably short price favorite. My understanding, and in fairness, I might be reading between the lines here a little bit. I thought that um, Sir Lamarac had a bit of a, a setback after winning at Leopard's time, but maybe not. Maybe they, they were just shuffling the, uh, the field a little bit because... Uh, um, the
0: he, He's meant to run a Chester wasn't he and then yeah. the ground, ground went against yeah. him I don't know whether it was down to um, an
2: issue he had at home or they just they got all the plans I don't know it, it, yeah I mean it's not like normally Aiden's, Aiden will run them um, if he can yeah. rather, rather than keeping them on the sidelines for, for, for 10 weeks so it's a little bit it's a little bit of concern he hasn't run but yeah the, the comments you make about the Leprosite run are absolutely uh, solid you know you, you compare that uh, that handicap with the um, the Bally Sacks um, and so Lamorite looked, looked a really good horse um, Given that that He suddenly appeared on the scene Accidentally almost as a Derby horse Made me think that Aidan was, was almost Certain to try him again in a Derby trial And the fact mm-hmm. that he hasn't makes me think Maybe something's gone wrong um, at home with him But yeah um, He could easily bounce back but I'm a little concerned about that I'd probably be against Alain care If he was sort of the, the right price based on what he's done But the right price seems to be about Six to four for him doesn't it? Not 11-4, to because no. it was a little bit of a shock win at Sandown, but it's worked out so well, and the, the suggestion with him is he should just, do given that he wasn't terribly fancy for that uh, and that he's bred to once a mile and a half on soft ground, um, then the step up to a mile and a half on soft ground here for the Ascot derby um, should be absolutely perfect for him. So he looks, he looks a gift horse, really, um, and I don't want to be too clever in trying to find ways of opposing him.
0: Yeah, Alan Carr 11 to 4 there best price that is with Skybet so that's where you want to be going if you're backing Alan Carr. Uh Rory's made a pretty strong case uh, to do so there on then to the Commonwealth Cup where we've got Campanel the impressive winner last year at Alaska is the 5 to 1 favourite uh, Suasa 11 to 2 although all blue and odds checker is short as 4 to 1 elsewhere uh, Dragon Symbol 8 to 1 Supremacy 9 to 1 Diligent Harry 11s Jumbie 14s with Measure of Magic 16 to one bar we come to you here as I say Campanelle impressive last year then stepped up to six furlongs over in France and did it again before being beaten over a mile in the States um, but surely popular here after that win uh, last year
2: yeah again and, and um, like one or two other of Westward's challenges at this meeting um, she does have a, a proper European turf pedigree by M- mm-hmm. Kodiak out of um, uh, Yusuf and Janina uh, she's interesting but I'm not sure how much she'll develop from two to three you know, we haven't we haven't seen um, how much how well she will do, and I I believe they were keen to get a a run into her and haven't been able to do that. So she's not been seen since the Breeders' Cup Breeders' Cup Juvenile Fillies, um, in which she was beaten. And I'm inclined to to be against her here. I thought Swayza, the other three-year-old filly getting the Alliance, uh, was was very strong. She's unbeaten. All her runs have come with with ease in the ground, from just on the soft side of good to heavy. Um, she's improved for every run. Um, she won the, uh, the pre-Texanita last time out. Um, I remember um, being very keen this time last year on a horse called Wooded in this race, who seemed to have strong claims as well. He ended up missing the meeting. I don't know why. There's no obvious reason for it either. So my Andy Pulse money went down the drain. He went on to win the um, pre Bay. Uh, later in the season. Uh, this, this looks a worse race than last year. So it doesn't look a particularly strong contest as, uh, mm. at all. She's always had this on her, um, on her agenda as well. She's obviously trained in France by Francois Rojo, but she's um, owned by George Strawbridge, who, um, who's always like runners at Ascot. Um, and she's got, she's got really strong claims. I thought she should have been a clear favourite. I, I put her in at something like 11 to 4, 3 to 1. I liked supremacy enormously last season, but his return was awful. Uh, and there's a, you got a big question mark. I mean, he was he was fancy for that. He went he 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 started an odds-on favourite um, for the Pavilion Sticks, which is the sort of uh, becoming the traditional prep uh, for this race. Um, but ran no race at all, finishing last. Uh, he wasn't he wasn't beaten miles, but he didn't show anything like the spark he did last season. So that's a concern. Dragon Symbol is interesting. I thought he ran a cracker at Hayter last time out from a bad draw. Um, he was quite weak in the market before that but he ran all the way to the line. He's solid, but, you know, he's coming here off a, off a group two defeat. Um, so, you know, he, he does have a little bit to prove and he's a short enough price based on, on what, he's, uh, what he's achieved. But he's a, he was impressive over 5 furlongs at Hamilton before that. My gut feeling with him is that he'll end up being a 5 furlong performer. He looks quite explosive. Obviously, he stays six. He's won over six before and, and he wasn't stopping at Haydock. But ask at six will be more testing and I wonder whether that will just find him out. Below that, you've got a lot of questions. Um, to answer. So I don't, I, this doesn't look a particularly strong um, renewal of this race. Again, Miss Amulet I liked last season, but you know, although it was a tough ask for her in the Irish Thousand Guinea's first time, I thought she should have shown a lot more than she did. And the more I look at the race, the more I think that Swayza is an each-way steal.
0: Swayza, the each-way steal, 11 or two best price as it stands at the moment uh, for even Swayza. <laughs> profit, profit for the place, even if uh, just uh, just a little smidgen. Uh, Andy?
1: Yeah, similar with the um, Weswood um horses, um, as a time man, you just have to probably take it on the chin in many respects if one of their horses win, because you, your betting style out a substance and you, you haven't got any any sort of figure to put your your hat on, as it were. Similar to, with Swayza, um my, my um, list of jobs doesn't stretch as far as to, uh, timing horses at Shanty, we haven't got any um, standard times for that track. But look, you know, she did look very impressive. I did see that race. And I do remember Wooded as well, actually. I was, I was surprised they that, that, that didn't come over because I was doing the French racing for last year And, and Wooded was one of the most impressive three year olds um, over seven, six furlongs. Um, I presume they, I don't know whether they couldn't be bothered to come over, but there was obviously like quarantine issues and, you know, getting horses out from France to the Royal meeting might have been a bit of a pain in the bum. So that, then maybe they didn't um, fancy all that. But um, yeah. A little bit more relaxed now, so, so I'll definitely come over. And looks a big player. I think she'll go a favourite, as Roy says. Really good case to be made there. The ground's very important to Jumby. I do think Jumby's form of that new market handicap is is uh, watertight. That uh, might only been a handicap, but I, I think he's uh, he's definitely a group horse in in waiting, and he's got some track form. And the other one I'd, I'd throw into the mix as well at price is um, Adam McGinnis. Is a case of you, who's an absolute mudlark. He's two wins last year. Uh, when trained by John McConnell, um, were very eye catching, but they were both on soft ground. He, he's, he's a very, very talented horse. The only time he's run badly was when he was 2 3 over seven fellows on good ground at Leperstan in the, in the um, in his trial, you know, on poetic f- flair. But he bounced back to um, form with a good win at Nice last time out on soft ground, beating a good field in a group three. So he's a group, you know, he's twice won a group three when the ground's been on the soft side. Mm-hmm. And he's 16 to 1. But nothing will go through the race as well as him. He absolutely, he's like a tank. He really has got a high cruising speed and he stays. Uh, and he's like to be underestimated because he's trained by Adam McGuinness. Um, we all know, having followed Irish racing a long time, Adam McGuinness is top class. But I don't think the pun- punting public over here are quite content on to him yet because he does all of his winning, mostly not Ireland and plays out like Galway and, and Leopardstown and the Curragh. And he doesn't have that many runners over here. But it, it won't be a lot before. Uh, for too long before he's making the breakthrough over here, and this could be the one.
0: Case of you, 16-1 to one, uh, with a couple of firms' best price uh, case of you. But Suárez seeming to get a double nod from the two guys here. Uh, we have, what is it, four... Races left to preview, and now it is the feature race on day four, the Coronation Stakes. And Skybet have uh, an excellent offer of money back as cash for losing bets in the Coronation Stakes. So place your bets, any win singles, or the win part of an each-way bet, and you will get your money back as cash uh, if they do not win. This only applies to the first bet that you have on the race with Skybet, and as I say, to win singles or the win part of each-way singles. Free bets and cashed out bets are excluded. Uh, eligibility restrictions apply and you can find out more uh, in the T's and C's online. It applies to 18-year-olds uh, only and above. And Please do visit begambleaware.org for all of the, the risks around uh, gambling. So that is a great offer from Skybet. We had it for the first race on day one, had it for the future race on day two and the future race today. So thank you for Skybet. Who are sponsoring the show for that offer? Uh, on then to the coronation, as I say, uh, where, for which that offer applies. And Empress Josephine is the four to one favourite. Head of Primo Bacchio at nine to two, same price as Mother Earth at nine to two. Pretty Gorgeous seven to one. Alcohol free eight to one. Potapova nine to one. Snow lantern, ten to one. November 14 to one. 20 to one. Bar. Again, a few firms disagreeing here. You know, Mother Earth, we've got a nine to two with one firm, 11 to four elsewhere. That could have, this could be a, another race where because it's going to cut up, we're seeing a few different prices. But Andy, knowing you, that probably means there's an opportunity to, to snaffle some value.
1: Yeah, I, I don't see there being too many non-runners in this race. That's why, again, some of the races make more appeal than this one. Yeah. Um, and again, we're looking at potentially soccer and putting the spanner in the works and one or two uh, chances such as Primo Biaco and Snow Lantern, who were first and third respectively at York. I was really impressed with Primo uh, Biaco's performance on, on the Naysmar. Boy, did she quicken up her uh, back-end three furlong work to the line it was incredible. Uh, it wasn't a bad overall time, by the way, either. And, and that form's already taken a, a nice little boost. If it was good ground, I think she'd probably nearly win Primo Biaco. Um, and I thought I thought Snow Lantern was a viable each-way alternative. But they're both but the looks of it, won't look good or good to firm ground. So I'm left kind of at the moment a little bit unsure which way I'm going to go with this race. Um, so I'm, I'm not going to waste any um, valuable time that we have on this <laughs> podcast in waffling for the sake of it. Um, if I haven't got a strong view, I'll pass it over to Rory.
0: Always important. Rory, have you, have you got a strong view? Are you in the same camp as Andy?
2: It's a decent enough race on paper. I'm trying to work out um, whether the the firms are taking a chance by offering 14 and 16 to 1 about um, the German challenger in November. Uh, Peter Schirgen takes her over. Mm. Um, she won the German Guineas by seven and a half lengths. Now, the German Guineas is not is not traditionally that strong a race and she'd been she'd been beaten in her prep race for that. But she turned the tables with with a couple of fillies who, who finished in front of her um, at Düsseldorf and she was very, very strong at the finish. It's not easy to work out whether they gave her a bit too much rope in front that day. But she got an easy enough lead. But what impressed me was that she, she kept increasing that lead all the way to the line. Uh, and to win a, a classic, even uh, even one that only has group two status, by seven and a half lengths is, uh, is a pretty decent performance. So I thought she was interesting enough at a, at a big price. Um, and I, you know, I wouldn't swear that that is, that is uh, nearly as good as the, the form of the, either the, uh, the Irish, uh, the British, or, or uh, the French uh, Guineas. Um, I'm pretty sure the the, the race as a whole would be weaker but to win by the margin she did I thought makes her potentially very interesting and we do have this tendency to underrate German uh, fillies when they come over they've got a good strike rate Uh, the German trainers are shrewd enough that they they only bring them across when they've got a half decent chance anyway Um, and she might just be a bit of a surprise package she will definitely relish soft ground, uh, which a few in this race won't difficult to know how many of these are going to stand their grind as well there are horses I like in in further down the field I, I still like Fev Rover I think she's trained on really well uh, but she doesn't want really soft ground and again the issue we have here is we're assuming because we're talking about soft ground on, on thursday uh, with quite a lot of rain uh, due to hit the track in the morning that it will still be soft on friday it could you know even if we do have that downpour on thursday um with a little bit of sunshine on friday it could dry out fairly quickly as well so i wouldn't make any hard and fast um, assumptions about the weather um, but yeah, February was one to, to still to keep on side. I know they didn't want the heavy grind. She's raced on heavy twice. They don't think she's liked it twice, but she has won on easy grind. So it ends up being uh, good or soft on the day. She's um, uh, she's still interesting if she runs. But November might just be worth taking a chance with. I don't. I wouldn't back her each way. I think again because she made the running uh, when winning there. You know, if you're if you're not quite good enough and you're you're making the running, you're very vulnerable late in the day. She's not going to be running through. Into the frame. So I I maybe take a chance and back her win only. Um, assuming that price holds up
0: November 14 to 1 best price at the moment that is with Skybet Fair Rover a positive mention to at 20 to 1 on to the Sandringham then where we've got Belief the 12 to 1 well joint favourite with Glasgow Girl both 12 to 1 Beheld 14s with Create Belief Montego Bay Illicato Samut, Ready to Venture uh, all 14s 16 to 1 Star of Emirati Pomelo Spirit of Bermuda Rick Knarr, uh, Lucid Dreamer, emphatic answer. Loads and loads still in here uh, at the moment, I think, to be... Well, uh, 39 still in with it being cut down to 30 um, on the day. Uh, Rory, where are you uh, looking at the moment for this, Sandringham?
2: Not a race I'm looking to get involved in. Uh, this is a, it's a tough enough contest. Yeah, these three improving three-year-old fillies are hard to get a handle on, and you just need to look at a few of the recent results to see how difficult this is from a punting perspective. Mm. The last two winners have been thirty-three to one shots, and you know they turned out to be decent, um, decent fillies, but they'd have been very hard to to find on the day. Uh, and you've even managed to find a, a Wesley Ward horse that no one wanted to back that won a, a few years ago, <laughs> Conte Partiro. Uh, so a horrible race to um, to bet in generally. Obviously, the temptation is to see what Charlie Fellows has in the race, but I think that's um, there's a little bit of recency bias involved in that. I don't really want to have a bet on this until I see the final field. And I don't want to be um, to be getting too heavily involved beforehand, in case I in case I allow something to sort of creep into my into my subconscious. But nothing nothing towards the head of the market strikes me as being massively overpriced. I think this is this is a really open race. As I said, very very little appeals to me at this stage. I thought Ellie Castle did it quite well last time. And will be suited by by Ascot, but I thought she was underpriced when she was due to run at Epsom last week, and she might be over she might be overbet again on the. Uh, um, on the basis of that.
1: Uh, Andy, anything for you? Yeah, I'll, I'll just come straight to the point. Yeah, Craig Belief uh, and uh, Tia Delina. Craig Belief, soft ground winner last time at the Curra. Any horse that wins at the Curra and he's very strong at the finish on that stiff track has always got to be um, thought of as a, a potential horse to handle Ascot. And I do like her. I think she's quite a classic filly. Annual and you on Tia Delina, of course, a distance winner. Uh, third in the silver Ball last time out behind that nice Roger Varian horse. Uh, on soft ground, she's a soft ground um, winner over the track and she's got that perfect Ascot run style as well, you look at all her races when she runs, she gets dropped in put to sleep and brought through with a run, she's just given a little bit too much to do, hey that that run style didn't suit that flat track but at Ascot like the time before, she was really good at the finish, that's the second time she's run well at Ascot as well, so I think we've seen sort of 14 to 1 Craig I believe 16 to 1 for Tia Delina
0: uh that is yeah, definitely fourteen to one create belief. Uh and tiddling a sixteen to one. Yep,
1: yeah. obviously draw depending. I mean if, if they yep. can't get still one and two and we know the track price is high, then um, they don't become so um so um appealing. But at, at this very moment in time, those are the two that I'm looking to put on my short list.
0: We've got two more pretty open contests to get through for the last, uh, well, for, for the Friday, uh, day four of Royal Ascot. Uh, the Duke of Edinburgh Stakes, uh, we're going to talk about now. Quickthorn and Rd, are the two joint favourites at eight to one, Tritonic, 12 to one. Uh, Valerian Steel, 14 to flying solo, and Moran and Grand Bizarre and Zabil Champion and Bernard, uh 16 to one bar. Andy, I'll stick with you for this one uh, for the penultimate race of the day.
1: Yeah, right to the market here, unfortunately. I I'm not going to tell you something the bookmakers don't already know. Um, day very progressive. I think he's um, the handicap, good thing of the century, off a mark of 100, and he's got up mm. 13 wickets for, for winning Newmarket. But the horse he beat, Rodrigo, Rodrigo Diaz, I, I put him up at Doncaster the other day, impending the victory, and he, he won very easily. And day and absolutely slaughtered him, to be honest. Um, High Commissioner, the third horse has finished second to Farzell since, and he ran well this afternoon at Lingfield, finishing second again. And that horse had beat him at Newbury, flying sailor. I think he's on the upgrade as well. He went to York, so everything about a day is form. He's absolutely rock solid, and he's got a bit of soft ground form as well. Uh, and Quickthorn quickened up really smartly uh, for the grade uh, when he won at up the other day. Um, he won by eight and a half lengths, but boy, did he turn it on from three out. Again, his back end sectionals are good. But uh, you know, most of the ones I've been highlighting have been ones that have been missed in the market but I think these two are up to bang on the button
0: Quickthorn and Ade both eight to one joint favourites can we find anything else or are you, are you in agreement with Andy that the market's got yeah. this one right
2: so Quickthorn was also top of my shortlist um, from a family that uh, Huey Morrison knows very well too um, yeah um, Andy's made the, made the case very strongly there um, there'll be more to come from him and he's thoroughly unexposed uh, I thought, um, I course, he's slightly better known, but maybe a little bit under um, underrated. All of a sudden, as Tritonic he ran well at the mm-hmm. meeting last year. Uh, obviously, we we um, saw him win his first two starts over hurdles. Disappointing um, in in this grand scheme of things, in the the triumph itself. But uh, given he's proven at the track, um, this grind suits him. And Ryan Moore has been booked by Alan King. I think he's um, he's pretty sure to run his race, and he's a double figure price. So. Uh, you, you tend to look for unexposed horses, but uh, he doesn't look, you know, given he's sort of number 16 in this list, he's not badly handicapped of a mark of 99 and they didn't get things run to suit him for a trip as short of his best at Chelmsford last time out. That was his first all-weather run. He'd be a lot happier on softish ground and that's good.
0: Yeah, Tritonic 12 to 1, pretty much across the board, including Skybet. Uh on then to the last race of the day. It is the Palace of Holyrood House Stakes, uh, where equality is the seven to one favorite here. Significantly eight to one. Uh Boom shalar eight to one. Warrior Brave 10 to 1, 14 to 1, Mosteltia Norban, uh, 16 to 1, a few others beneath there as well. Uh three-year-old handicap over five furlongs. Um, and Rory, I mean, easy one to solve this uh. Or, or maybe not. Who are you looking at <laughs> at, at this early stage for, for the last?
2: Yeah, not a, not a terribly easy one. Um, <laughs> I thought uh, Boom Shalab was quite interesting um, for Roger Ferry and very, very lightly raced. And kind of the profile you're looking for with handicappers at Royal Ascot. Um, this would be his um, his handicap debut, the son of Shalab. But he was uh, impressive in a big field at Windsor last time out. Uh, while giving the impression that a stiffer track would suit him, again he's come from come from off the pace there at, at Windsor after a slightly slow start, so the track wouldn't have been ideal for him. I think Ascot will suit him uh, an awful lot better, and he deserves to be uh, pretty short of the betting. And um, uh, bearing in mind that Tim be won this race last year, I thought show Long was quite interesting as well, um, having um, uh, won at uh, on soft ground at Chester two starts back, and I think he ran at least as well. Um, in, the, in the grand scheme of things, and grind that was probably fast enough for him at York last time out, he'll be happier back on, on soft ground. Um, the last twice he's run on a uh, soft surface, he's been successful. So, the going is still soft on the day, uh, then show Long is liable to uh, run his odds. Andy?
1: Um, yeah, just the one horse that interests me in, in the race, so It's a three-year-old spring handicap as a. Difficult to get your head around at the best of times, but when you've got mm. three runners in the drawer and the ground, we don't know about even more <laughs> so. But um, I think Popmaster's got a hell of a lot of natural ability. I, I just think he's he's a little bit a little bit quirky at the same time, but I, I have noticed he's been gelding in the interim. I think that might just make a man of him. Um, ironically. <laughs> ironically, yeah. Because I, I thought he should have won either one of his last two races, whether that's lack of concentration or I'm just Mucking about whatever, or you know, he's just gonna always be a little bit iffy. I don't know. Um, we'll soon find out. But he's won beyond Bickerstaff was good. He should have won that day. He was miles back and came through strong and he didn't get the cleavage to run to Doncaster um back in April. But he he's been given a little bit of a break, obviously, from that operation. Um, I noticed that Tom Marcon's been booked to ride him and always want to keep Ed Walker on side in these Ascot handicaps. He's just got a very, very good habit of Slotting the right horse in the right in the right hole. Um, so yeah, I'd 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 be certainly looking to do him in, in some kind of um, way shape or form come come Friday.
0: Master sixteen to one best price. The two for Rory Showalong sixteen to one as well, and Boomshakalat eight to one. Well done, both of you. It's been pretty tricky previewing the, uh, the the fourth day of Royal Ascot when we haven't even got the got the week going yet. So I'm impressed that you managed to impart some wisdom uh, over the course of the podcast. Um, can I ask you both? I know it's tricky. Get ask you both for your naps of the day, given that you know we're we're not entirely sure where we're going to be going. Uh, Andy, what's your best bet at the moment for, well, I, for day I, four? Can
1: I say my best strategy, or my best betting? Yeah. Is, my, best, yeah, my best betting approach of the day would be in that Sandringham handicap to back both of those two horses I mentioned each way. I have got a like a cast-iron one all the way down the line on, on that Friday, but I, I'd, I'd be disappointed if I don't get a good run out of Craig Belief or, or Tia Delina in, the, in that um, Phillies race.
0: Those two, the two for Andy. Uh, uh
2: I would say my, my bet of the day by a long way would be Swayza and the Commonwealth Cup. A lot of races on the Friday, hard to read at this stage, but um, I don't think much is going to change between now and then to affect Swayze's uh, chance in that. I think I think she's got an outstanding one. Suesa
0: for Rory. Thank you both very much for sharing your thoughts, hopefully flagging some value. uh, No doubt about that whatsoever. Um, And thanks to Skybet for sponsoring the show as well. As I mentioned, they have their very good offer, uh, money back as cash for the feature race of the day, the Coronation Cup. So sorry, the Coronation Stakes. So do... Uh, check that out as well. Please do download the Odds Checker app for the best prices, best booking offers, free bets, and of course, and these tips every day throughout Royal Alaska and throughout the whole year as well. Uh, fingers crossed. We've a couple of winners in there. Do check out day one, day two, and day three's previews either on any podcast provider or uh, on the Odds Checker YouTube channel, which you can subscribe to. We'll be doing day five in a couple of days. So do, do keep your eyes out and ears out for that. Please do enjoy the racing. Hopefully a couple of winning bets in there and please do gamble responsibly.